I'm Sean Eckford, a board member here at the Sunshine Coast Festival of the Written Arts and host and producer of our festival podcasts. As I'm sure you know, last year we couldn't have a festival as usual and much of our preview podcast was about our decision not to go ahead with in-person performances. But I'm here with Festival Preview 2021 to tell you, if you haven't already heard, there actually is going to be a festival this year. Our first event is coming up on July 4th, and we'll have 12 days of events spread out between then and August. Today, I'm going to be joined by our Artistic and Executive Director, Jane Davidson, and our Board President, John Lucier to talk about how we're going to format Festival 2021, how you'll be able to participate if you're not coming in person, and some of the things we've done in the off-season. But most importantly, we are having a festival. I'm here with Jane Davidson, our festival director and uh, executive director. Do we put artistic in front of the other director, Jane? I, we changed your title and I never I know, remember the I know. new it's one. It's hard to keep track. It's officially artistic and executive director. Lots of directors going on. And John Lucier, <laughs> our, our board president, is here as well. And for the first time in a, in a year, we're doing a preview podcast for an actual festival that's actually going to happen. And before we talk about that, though, uh, Jane and John, I want to sort of uh, talk about some of the stuff that happened in, in what some people must consider our off-season, but certainly isn't the off-season for us. And it's one of the reasons, John, I was, I was keen to have you on the, the preview podcast, because you're intimately connected with the school system here on the coast, so you know what mm -hmm. goes on with our um, CABC program and uh, the Coastal Voices collection of, of, of students' work. And I'm just curious, in this weird year that was the pandemic, uh, did those two initiatives kind of make a, a difference in, in, in student life this year? Was it nice to have something unique like that going on to, to break up the drudgery of trying to survive school in a pandemic? Oh, I think so. Um, yeah, it was a hard year in schools. I mean, it was a hard year for everybody. Um, but, you know, Jane along with Kirsten Deasy at the school district, put together just a great lineup of authors to come and meet remotely with students uh, throughout the year, um, you know, from kindergarten all the way up to high school and really well attended. Um, I want to say 4,000 visits, was that? Yeah, right? I think that was what Jane said. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yep. close you, to 4,000. So way more than we would have had if we had to do, if we did it in person. So I was curious it, about that. Yeah, it also opens up the future that, okay, you know, where before we might be able to bring in three or four authors a year because of maybe not having to pay for travel, we can look at this format and bring in a whole range of, you know, Canadian authors into classrooms. And um, the students and the teachers were so excited about it, uh, talking to them afterwards, you know, they, they got... They've, they learned so much about writing and, and you could see the, the excitement in, in their questions that they asked at the end. And then the uh, writing anthology that we put out, Coastal Voices, this was the 11th year. I was anticipating there being far fewer entries just because 
it's hard this year to teach. You have far less instructional time due to all the COVID regulations, the increased amount of time outside. Um, and yet we had, we set a record for the most entries we've ever had, close to 900 entries from kindergarten through to grade 12. Um, almost every school represented and some fabulous pieces. And we were able to produce just a gorgeous book this year, as we seem to be able to put together every year. Um, and then we couldn't do a launch to promote it when it came out. So we did the traveling roadshow. So I went around <laughs> from school to school for all the students who got selected and had the copies for them and certificates in a notebook. And, um, and that was just, it was so heartwarming to, to go around and um, to hand them out and just see the, the excitement in their eyes. I wanted to say this one story about when I went to the Sunshine Coast Alternate School, there was a student there um, who was selected and he was in a meeting. So the teacher called him out. And when I handed him his copies that he owned, he was just beyond excited. He, was, he, he could hardly speak. He just kept going, oh, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. And he was wearing a mask. And he, he said, I know you can't tell, but like, I'm grinning from here to here. You know? <laughs> and it was just like, oh, it's why we do this. You know, to give, give those sorts of opportunities to students where they become a published author. So yeah, it was fabulous. I, I had another question uh, about Coastal Voices. And before I ask that there, John, I want to kind of take a, a step back to, to what we were talking about with the, the CABC and, and mm -hmm. how uh, this year there were uh, that huge number of people who were able to participate. And, and I wanted to know, Jane, you know, what the authors thought of being able to engage in this way. Uh, it must have opened up a, a, a lot more opportunities for people who might normally even in a normal year, not have been able to travel to the coast, but suddenly here's this opportunity to engage with students that they might not have had if it wasn't for the pandemic and how we had to change things. Mm -hmm. uh, they were, they, they loved it. First of all, of all of the writers that we had and um, you know, back, I'm thinking back, John, to uh, family literacy week, the last week mm -hmm. of January, we had five days to um, sometimes two, three events. It was like, it was a mini family literacy day festival all week long in the school system. And case in point to your question, Kenneth Opal, who can be called uh, a literary superstar. Like <laughs> he, he, he really truly is an international bestseller, his books. Um, and I sense, I thought, well, he's based in Toronto. What the heck? All I can do is ask. And you go onto his website and it says, I may not be uh, um, quick to respond, but I will respond when I can. I get a lot of email. I sent him an email asking if he would consider coming to the Sunshine Coast via Zoom. Um, and I thought, well, we'll see what happens within an hour. I would love to come. And all of them were like that. Um, Everybody responded immediately. I think everybody really appreciated the opportunity to meet with students. Zoom is an awkward format in so many ways. We all miss person to person. But as John says, I really see going forward a hybrid model. I would still love to bring writers into classrooms because that's got a different kind of buzz and a special kind of buzz. But this uh, technology opens up the opportunity to bring in writers from across the country that we would never be able to bring otherwise. And the authors are all in and all for it. 
I, I was going to say we talk about Zoom being awkward and, and difficult to get used to, but if there's any group of people who've become experts over the last year, it's students. <laughs> that's it, it, it's so much of their life now. Well, that's it, and you could you could see the energy that was brewing in the classrooms just through the chat box and the questions. Um, they were fully engaged. It was uh, it was really impressive and and so gratifying. So that brings us to the other question, John, I wanted to ask you about the, the Coastal Voices Anthology, because, you know, okay, I hang my head in guilt. I haven't read everything in it yet this year. But, <laughs> you know, was the, the pandemic and the weirdness of this year, was that reflected in a lot of the submissions you got? Like, did, did, was, was there noticeable things in the writing that, that reflect how strange things have been? There were not as many as I thought there were going to be. I thought we would get much more of that. Um, there was a whole selection from high schools that obviously that was a theme that they were writing on. Um, and then there was the odd one from elementary too, where, you know, kids wrote about what they really missed through this time, or they were writing like a hate poem to COVID, <laughs> um, you know, pieces like that. So you could see that they were unsettled. They were thinking about this but there were just as many poems about love and about their pets and about travel and about grandparents and, you know, spring and, you know, really uplifting pieces as well. So before we actually talk about the festival to come, which believe it or not, starts this coming weekend, Jane, are you excited? I know. <laughs> it's weird. I mean, it, obviously this is, this is audio right now, but Jane is in the festival office and I don't see the usual week before chaos going on around her because there's a lot less to be chaotic about, <laughs> but I, just, no, I was ahead. just going to say, we're just, we're, we're planning one event at a time for the first yeah. six weeks. So that's a that's a very different, very different model for us. I, I wanted to check in, though, before we talk about this year's festival on, on the project that we did last year, because we couldn't hold any sort of uh, in-person festival. And that was the, the Monday was a simpler time anthology where we had the invited writers from the festival that was not, uh, you know, submit pieces on, on uh, uh, reflections on, the pandemic and, and other things. And uh, uh, we haven't really had much of a chance to check in on, on how that was received. I mean, I know certainly everyone I talked to who got their hands on a copy was, was absolutely thrilled. It was kind of a big deal. Yeah, I think it was a big deal. Um, I'm really proud of that, that uh, book. Um, I, I'll be honest to say that I, when all of this happened, when things were shut down, when we realized we couldn't do the festival, uh, it took the wind out of my sails. And I found a, I, I had a challenge navigating my way back to what are we going to do? And then um, I put the when, when the board um, approved that we go ahead with this project and we put the word out to the authors, um, their response was really heartening. And all of this is original work written during the first six months of the pandemic about what they were living. So it was, uh, it's, it's, it's uh, an incredible archival record actually of a very interesting period in time. We've sold a lot of copies uh, through this office. We've sold copies through Tailwind Books. We distributed classroom sets to the high schools, book club sets to the, um, uh, the libraries. We, we deposited 
copies with the museum and the Seashell archives, both recipients very happy to have that as an archival record of this time. Um, and what, what is also great about that book is it was, although the work in it, the writing came from writers across the country, the cover design, the cover artist, and the copy editor are local. And when I say copy editor, that's Anna Nobile, and actually she was the project manager. And mm -hmm. I could not have pulled this off without her steady hand. And um, but same thing. It be, we've had great response from people who got a copy in their hands. It was a really popular kiss, Christmas gift um, and stocking stuffer. Uh, we know of at least one local book club that bought copies and studied the book. So I'm I'm so happy that we did this. Uh, I just wanted to say, too, that flipping through it this morning, just to refresh my memory, uh, Sarah Levitt's contribution, the, the, the four panel graphic uh, this morning, I got up. It mm -hmm. works as well for the heat wave as it did yes. for the pandemic. Yes. All I thought is that that's me right now. So yes. If you do yes. have your copy of the uh, anthology at home and you uh, want to go back and refer to that and you live in the hot parts of British Columbia, I, I think it will definitely hit home. Yeah. I loved how every piece was different, how the, each author interpreted the task. Yeah, that, that's always had, interesting. You know, letters to family members and pieces of fiction and the, you know, the, the graphic novel, the, you know, just the personal narratives. And oh, it was just fabulous. Yeah. Now, publishing is just it's it's our it's it's our side gig, <laughs> right? We're 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 in the festival business, so we better actually talk about this year's festival. And and Jane, um, uh, maybe just brief us quickly on on how you came to settle on what we're what we're doing as the the likeliest format that was going to work in these times, and and what the format will be over the the coming few weeks. Well, way back in the early fall, uh, we, um, meaning me and the board, the board and I, <laughs> we decided um, that we needed to develop a plan for the spring and summer so that we had something to work towards, something to plan for. And as it turns out, the pieces that we put in place we got the green light when Dr. Henry made her announcement in May that this is what it's this is what it could look like. Um, and when we got the four step plan, uh, the four step restart plan for the province, when I had a look at it, it was like this is totally doable. And we're planning a series of 12 events over the course of the summer going from July 4th to August 15th. And the intention is to spread it out over a number of weeks rather than cram everything into one weekend. Our goal is safety. Our goal is ensuring that there are no more than 40 people on the property at any one time and in the pavilion at any one time. Um, it is small, it's manageable. Um, and our goal in addition to presenting some fine, fine writers and some great events, our goal is to ensure that everybody not only is safe, but feels safe um, and that we can, we can pull this off. And I think it's a, it's a really special gift uh, to the community. It's a gift to us. I feel it. I feel, I feel, okay, planning events. Oh, now I know what I'm doing. 
this this I know. Um, but the response has been fantastic. We put tickets on sale, and that that doesn't mean when we limit our gatherings to fifty people. That's not. 50 audience members, that number includes everybody, the author, the sponsor, the technical director, etc. But those tickets were gone in a flash as I knew they would be. So part of this model is to have every event recorded professionally and um, the events will um, be will go on online as a virtual festival for the last two weeks of August. So this is something that we talked about in October and that we planned for in October. And I've been chewing on it and thinking about it ever since and making notes to self and um, it's, it's happening. It starts, it starts on Sunday. Uh, before we get into you know, some of the people who will be coming and things like that, I know some people will uh, wonder because we are, um, as we record this, expecting soon an announcement mm-hmm. from the provincial health authorities that Restrictions will be loosening uh, again, so I'm sure a lot of people wonder, well, does that mean we then, you know, expand or what, or or make other adjustments to what we're planning? Um, That is something that we we really do have to play by ear. What I've um, said to John and the board is that um, I would really like the opportunity to stick to our model for the first three weeks to make sure that we've got it down pat this is all different the physical spacing in the in the in the lineups the uh going in one door coming out the other door the 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 specific seats in the pavilion that will be marked where people are going to be told to sit all of that um may need to be fine-tuned once we go live we may find that we've made a mistake and we need to do something differently so i'd like three three weeks to let it shake down um, and then, then we can reassess. Um, just because the public health officer says it's okay to open up, it doesn't mean we have to. It doesn't mean we won't. It, it, you know, um, but I don't think that's a decision that we can make quite yet. Yes, it's a possibility, but we don't know yet. The variant is taking hold in other parts of the world right now. Um, that's not to suggest that it's going to happen here, but I think caution is something that has to be exercised. Now, in terms of um, what the people who have tickets for the events and what those who will uh, uh, sign on to, to see it by video later, the actual format of what's going to happen on stage hasn't really changed. Not really. No, the only thing that will change is the question and answer. And the Q&A period, because we don't want to be passing a microphone around that multiple people will share. <laughs> that's, not, that, that's not good. So we've worked out a system whereby people can submit their questions in writing. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, it's a festival event. It will be on our stage, in our space. And I believe that even the viewer at home will still have a sense of that energy that happens in a live presentation between a writer and an audience. And I think that will be evident. Now, at least half of the the authors who will be coming for the the 12 events are ones that uh, were invited last year and have work in that Monday was a simpler time uh, Mm -hmm. anthology. And I I guess also we're focused mainly on people who can get 
are either in BC or can get to BC without too much travel complication. Yeah, I, uh, we specifically chose writers who can get to the Sunshine Coast easily. Um, as easy as one can get to a <laughs> community that's dependent on a boat and a plane to get here. Uh, the person who's coming furthest uh, is Michelle Good, one of our new voices, who this particular new voice has um, picked up just about every major literary award possible um, in the last few weeks. But uh, she's coming from Kamloops. And I, I said to her uh, when I invited her, um, you may not want to come all this way for an audience of potentially 45 in person, 40, 45 in person. And her response was, response was, Oh, I love a road trip. So, <laughs> so she's, she's coming, but most people are coming from the lower mainland uh, or a Gulf Island or Vancouver Island. And for that reason, we just didn't. And, and I'm, I'm glad that we aren't depending on writers feeling comfortable getting into a plane in Toronto and flying across the country because a lot of people just aren't ready for that yet. We're opening up all, uh, also with uh, someone who basically just has to come down the highway a little That's bit. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So and, tell yeah, us. And, and, and Howard was a deliberate choice as well, simply because let's get started with somebody who doesn't have to travel. Um, that was a practical consideration of mine, but who better to launch this Sunshine Coast Festival then Howard White, who is uh, has been in our community virtually all of his life. He's a publisher, uh, Harbor Publishing, Douglas and McIntyre. And his, he's a beautiful storyteller. And all of the stories are of this place. So I'm thrilled that he um, agreed to open this, this uh, pandemic version of the, the festival. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. It's interesting. I have a 22-year-old daughter who lives in Victoria not knowing that we had invited Howard White to the festival, she sent me a text one day and with a photograph of the book, the book cover and said, how did I not know about this book? I need it. Because <laughs> she's feeling homesick and she's, uh, she's read the whole book and loved it. It's, it's funny you should say that because one of my first Christmas gifts from my parents when I went uh, away to university in Ontario from here was Howard's collection, Writing in the Rain. And I used to use that to explain to people wh where I was from, for one thing, because let's face it, at that time in Ontario, it was, oh, yeah, beachcombers. <laughs> That's right. That's but right. It's, it's interesting to know that the, the Howard's latest work is sort of carrying on that, that same tradition. And you can always play the fun game like Six Degrees of, of Howard White. <laughs> Whenever he mentions a, a classic or well-known Sunshine Coast institution or name, you can figure out how you're connected to that, that mm -hmm. name. So that's kind of fun. John, do you have anyone in particular you're looking forward to this year? It's easier oh. to narrow it down from a dozen. Yeah. Yeah, that's a um, tough question. You know, I, I've always really, like I've always enjoyed the, the new voices. So I'm really looking forward to that session. Um, Michael Christie, you know, will be huge. Um, hopefully, of course, because it's spread out throughout the entire summer, it's yeah. hard with, you know, one schedule to see if you're there. Um, I'm really looking forward to the opening night, just not only to hear Howard, but to just be there when we're back. Mm -hmm. yeah, have an opening. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's our, our um, opening afternoon. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> but it, I, I too, John, I'm so excited about we're back. 
Yeah. Now, you know, as well as Howard, who has a, a long connection with the festival by being both a resident and author and, and, and a publisher, uh, we have a, a couple of authors this year that have uh, close connections uh, to the festival. Daniel Heath Justice, who's a member of our board currently, and Claire Finlayson, who was until very recently uh, a member of our board. And no, the fix is not in. These are excellent authors with uh, well-established new books. But uh, let's sort of start in, in order, because speaking of people who don't have to travel far, Daniel's just up the road from the Festival Pavilion too. And I know his book focuses, Jane, on uh, something that's near and dear to our hearts at the Festival office, a certain... <laughs> Uh, I'm not clear if it's a rodent or a marsupial or whatever the heck a raccoon is. It is. Uh, yeah. There's uh, how do you describe the raccoon? Um, but uh, yes, we had a, we had a raccoon incident in the office <laughs> at the beginning of the pandemic when um, it was um, I heard a, a huge thunk one day and I went outside thinking I might see a tree limb on the cedar roof. And then as I walked out the door, I thought, well, there's no wind. What was that? And there was a huge raccoon on top of the cedar roof looking down through a hole uh, in the roof. So inside the attic, long story short, they eventually started to chew their way through um, the uh, false ceiling. <laughs> and I was evicted by the District of Seashelt, the um, owners of this lovely cabin that we call our office. And um, I, uh, they had to go up and, and, uh, repair the damage. So it was a, it was a raccoon invasion. Thankfully they had not, perhaps they were looking for a place to have their babies, but there <laughs> were no babies up there because that would have been a whole other mm -hmm. tricky situation. So the hole was sealed. The, 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 <laughs> the room was rebuilt and, uh, but that's, that's my raccoon story. Yeah. And uh, I haven't gotten far enough into Daniel's book yet to know if our raccoon situation at the festival figures into it in any way, but I it's, don't, it's I sure think, to come up during the was, presentation. I think it was, yeah, it may, it may indeed. I think the book was quite far along at the time, but uh, I'm, I'm really thrilled and honored to have Daniel here because he's, uh, he's a member of our, our, our board, as you say, but Daniel is already always, uh, pardon me, is a very important voice um, and a scholar in Indigenous literature. Um, he's the author of a book called Why Indigenous Literatures Matter. And grateful um, always to have his perspective at the board table. And I'm really looking forward to his time on our stage. And Claire will be part of the new voices. And, and yeah. I, I think that's, it. well, obviously the place because this is her first book, but her book introduces yet another new voice, and that's that's her brother Ray. Dispatches from mm -hmm. Ray's planet is the title of the book, Jane. Yeah, uh, Ray is a, a man um, who's you know probably I guess I think he's in his mid sixties now, but um, grew up with an you know undiagnosed. Um, he's he's on the autism spectrum. Um, and Claire spent her life trying to figure out why her brother didn't exercise or use filters. He would say what was on his mind at all times. 
it's a really, this book has been written um, with uh, Ray's participation. I know that he and Claire exchanged emails, but also his permission. Um, and it's a really beautiful um, story that's well told. And Claire and her family, through the writing of this book, have really grown to understand and honor Ray and who he is. Now, the other great awkwardness that Zoom has introduced to our world is the time limit. Um, so we, uh, we have just a, a few minutes uh, left, and I, I wanted to highlight while we're talking about things that, that are going to be normal, in a way, about this year's festival, we're closing, as we always do, with the musical event. So uh, tell me about uh, Keeley Halward, Jane. Uh, Keeley Halward, um, two years ago, Keeley produced a show about the music of Annie DeFranco. And she used the festival pavilion, so I was in the pavilion that day. And I was blown away by Keeley and her capacity to curate and produce a show it was just so smooth with so many different musicians coming and exiting the stage coming to and exiting the stage Keeler herself is a, a beautiful singer songwriter and instrumentalist I've always always admired her as a musician so I contacted Keely again our focus on keeping it somewhat local this year I said to Keely here's a budget would you take this on and she, her response to me was so thoughtful. She said, well, what are the values of the festival? What, how can I support the festival's vision and values? Which, first of all, that was just a beautiful response. And so Keeley has put together um, uh, an evening of events. There'll be five musicians in total. They'll all be, it, it will be choreographed by Keeley. I have complete faith that she'll uh, put together a beautiful show. And interesting, coming back to uh, the board, one of the people who will be on stage is Clay Hepburn, who is um, a master yarn spinner, singer, banjo player. Um, and Keeley has asked Clay to be a part of this extravaganza. I call Keeley a ringmaster. You know, she's, mm. she's put together this whole thing. Um, but Clay will also be on stage that night and Clay served on our board uh, for many years um, and is a, is a well-known and beloved uh, local musician. So I think it's going to be very special. It's going to be a very special night. John, I'm going to give you uh, uh, the last word because uh, you as our fearless leader and president on the board, I know, uh, you know, like uh, all of us on, on the board, we're pretty impressed with what Jane's been able to pull off in this pandemic year. And I, I want to close with your thoughts on that. Oh, absolutely. You know, like when I look at everything over the last year and a half, you know, all of these ideas, the visioning comes from Jane and she just is, is so thoughtful in the truest sense of the word about what is possible beyond anything that we could probably think of and go, oh, let's put together an anthology inviting the writers who couldn't come. You know, let's do this hybrid model. Let's, you know, I mean, we are all indebted to um, that this festival is, is thriving, even in these times. Um, yeah, there may not be 400 people sitting there, but it's going to be absolutely brilliant, you know, all summer long. Uh, 
There's going to be events for people to look forward to. Um, and just to show that we are here and we are vibrant and alive and, you know, the future is just, it is so bright for us and all in thanks to Jane. See, Jane, we weren't going to let this year's festival go by without the traditional trying to make you tear up a little bit with closing remarks from the president. My, my apologies, I know, but uh, I, I think... Well, it that, worked. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. And I, I know John speaks for all of us on the board when he says those things, and we're really looking forward to things getting underway this weekend and for what we're going to see over the next 12 weeks. So uh, I really appreciate the two of you uh, joining me today so that we can let everyone else know what's going on and why we're so excited about it. Thanks, Sean. Thank you, Sean. If you were hoping to attend this year's festival in person and haven't got a ticket yet, I'm sorry to tell you that all of the events have been sold out. We will be posting more information on the festival website, writersfestival.ca, soon about how you can participate in the online version of the festival that will roll out later this summer. In the meantime, thanks for listening, and remember to keep an eye on the website for festival updates and other information. Music